0: Good morning, folks. I'm Nick DeLisandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this chilly weekend we just had, and I hope your November has been treating you well. I apologize for the delay of the episode this week, as several projects for this actual podcast flipped the whole schedule up. This week's episode was originally intended to be about hunting and its use as a conservation method in the state of Florida, However, thanks to some help from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, that topic will be delayed as I work to make a more well-rounded episode for you. So this week, I decided to make a more relevant episode as Thanksgiving approaches in just two days. Before that, some news about the recounts. Two weeks ago, the midterm elections took place nationwide. The results were fully in by that night, and many news outlets were releasing all the major results all of them were coming out the same. The new governor for Florida was Ron DeSantis, the new senator was Rick Scott, and the new agricultural commissioner was Matt Caldwell, all Republicans. However, since then, things changed drastically. All of my information about this debacle comes from the Washington Post and their article titled Florida Recount, Here's What You Need to Know by Colby Itkowitz. Though the races were called on Election Day, November 6th, and in fact, Democratic candidate for Governor Andrew Gillum conceded, more votes in the following days changed the numbers. Both the Senate and Governor races were reduced to incredibly small margins, with the Senate margin being only 12,000 votes. Both being under half a percentage point, an automatic recount was initiated per state law. Gillum rescinded his concession and rejoined the following Sunday, the 11th. The deadline for several machines was Thursday, November 15th. All but one county was projected to have those new numbers in. The one county that was having issues was Palm Beach County, according to CNN. Their machines were having issues and also struggled with counting the three necessary races at the same time. However, many races were not projected to be fully counted until this past Sunday, and many are saying that they will not have certified results until later today. So if Palm Beach is the current problem, Why are we talking about Broward County so much? Well, many are saying the design of Broward County's ballot had an effect. See, the governor race was in the central column, right at the top. The Senate race, however, was in the left column, at the bottom, under the ballot instructions. The other reason Broward County is being talked about is because President Trump and former Governor Rick Scott are both claiming fraudulent and illegal activity taking place by Democrats in Broward County. There is, however, no evidence of this, and Florida's Secretary of State reports no evidence of illegal behavior. Several campaigns have lawsuits against each other and various counties attempting to prevent any illegal control over the results. The most notable lawsuit is against Rick Scott, our current governor, as his position as governor could lead him to having power over the results. The suit says Scott has to be prevented from using, quote, the power of his office in any manner related to Florida's 2018 Senate race as long as he remains a candidate, unquote. Currently, one race has changed, and that is the race for agricultural commissioner. Your new commissioner is Nikki Freed, the Democratic candidate who beat the Republican Matt Caldwell. If these recounts change any more of the races, though that is unlikely, I'll cover those at the start of Friday's episode. All right, now for this week's topic the good news of Florida. So often we spend a lot of time focused on the failures or the complications of our state and our country and our day-to-day lives. Though I try to keep this show optimistic, I often feel that there's an underlying sense that something is wrong with the capital W and we have to do something about it. This week, as Thanksgiving approaches, I figured it would be best to celebrate our successes, share some of my favorite facts, and some stories, and some history that adds to how unique we are. Thanksgiving, I know, can be a hard holiday for many. There is an inherent, destructive colonial narrative to Thanksgiving's origins, many have familial issues and trauma, and the idea of gathering can be very hard for people. The preceding holiday of Black Friday is filled with its own flaws, including poverty and corporate manipulation, but instead of focusing on these grim terrors of the world, let's look for the light, today at least. Because people spend most of the year mocking Florida, and I believe that is quite offensive. We're unique. We are, and we should be proud of that. Thankful for it. So, let's try being thankful for a little while. Thankful, for example, for the crocodilian family, which lives in the Everglades of Florida. The American crocodile is not commonly found in the United States, mostly living in Central America, South America, and the Caribbean. The most common place for American crocodiles in the United States is, of course, the Florida Everglades. The Everglades also happen to be home of the American alligator. These two living in unison only exists there in South Florida. It is the only place in the whole world where such a pairing of alligators and crocodiles exists. Speaking of Florida exclusives, did you know that the state of Florida is home to the smallest post office in the country? It is located in a small town called Ochopee, which is just a mile west from the Skunk Ape Research headquarters. I was lucky enough to see it in person on my trip in October, and it is quite the sight. My car is bigger than this building. It is seven by eight and used to be an irrigation shed for a nearby tomato farm. It became the post office when the former Ochopee post office burned to the ground in 1953. On these back roads, you can see two incredibly unique sites, the smallest post office in the United States and the Skunk Ape Research Headquarters, with a big nasty snake in its backyard. We are also home of the Aquarius Reef Base, which is the only permanent underwater research facility in the world. That's right, it can only be reached by going underwater. It is currently off the coast of Key Largo and is being used by Florida International University, NASA, and the U.S. Navy. It has living and workspace for six people, a 120 ton platform keeping it in place, and a buoy on the surface working as a communication beacon, but also providing air supply to the lab below. The base's location allows the team to do long term monitoring of the surrounding ocean, restoration of underwater ecosystems, and track the effects of climate change. They also test underwater equipment and help NASA and Navy trainees in various low gravity and underwater exercises. You can visit their land-based building in Islamorada, where they are monitoring the base at all times. In fact, you yourself can check in on their missions from the Aquarius website when those cameras are live. But there is more beneath our waters than multi-purpose research facilities. Some sources believe that there is treasure. And not just a little bit of treasure, no. Some estimate that there are, brace yourself, trillions of dollars worth of gold within 60 miles of the Florida coast. In 2015, in fact, a million dollars of sunken Spanish coins and jewels were found off the coast of Fort Pierce. It is believed that this treasure was part of a great disaster that befell a Spanish fleet in 1715. This fleet was supposed to be bringing back hordes of treasure to the Spanish Empire across the sea, and as those ships were leaving Florida, a massive storm struck and wiped out 11 ships and sunk them to the bottom of the ocean. This happened again in the 1730s, and treasure hunters have been scuba diving and passing metal detectors over the sandy beaches for years in search of gold, silver, and jewels. So if all else fails, at least we know there's gold in the coasts. I also got some great recommendations and stories from some friends, including stories that they think make Florida extremely unique. For example, my friend Travis shared that there are monkeys currently living in Silver Springs near Ocala. Apparently, they are descendants of monkeys that were used on the set of Tarzan a few decades ago and are still running amok. Maybe I'll go in search of them in a future episode. My friend John shared a story from his hometown of Palm Beach, where a hotel was on an island, but it burned to the ground in an accident a number of years ago. Instead of repairing this hotel, or maybe even starting over, the owners simply burned the bridge that allowed you to get to the island where the hotel was, and the Florida wilderness has taken it back, just like it always does. Stephen shared his nonprofit, which is called the Chosen Foundation. It is a local nonprofit that is working to create grants and scholarships for the children of Gold Star veterans. You can find out more about this group at chosenfoundation.org, which can be found in the description below. St. Augustine, on our East Coast, is the oldest continuously populated city in the whole of the United States, having been founded in 1565. My friend Annie, however, shares that the city of Pensacola in the Panhandle is disputing this claim, and apparently have a sign, quote, passive-aggressively, unquote, declaring their new title. There is a legitimate claim to this as researchers from the University of West Florida located artifacts back in December of 2015 that supported this claim. Apparently, these artifacts belong to Tristan De Luna, a Spanish explorer who helped found Pensacola. The artifact dates back to 1559, which is six years before St. Augustine. So naturally, the feud continues. Alex shared that a nonprofit called United Global Outreach is working out of Bithlow on a project called the Bithlow Transformation Effort, which is, quote, a grassroots effort to undo many years of poverty and neglect, unquote. They're still actively working in the town today, building structures and taking donations in order to restore the city located in the east of Orange County in Central Florida. You can find out more about them at their Facebook page. The last story comes from Catherine, a friend who lives up in the Panhandle. She adopted a dog this spring who had a lot of problems in the first days in Catherine's house. The dog had a rough time before her adoption, and this had made her quite flighty. She escaped within her first week. What came next was an outpouring of community support with almost two dozen people doing patrols in the neighborhoods looking for her. When posters went up looking for the dog, people started calling, giving locations they had seen the dog, and asking for updates. People would walk up to Catherine in the middle of her patrols, asking after the lost dog. After over a week of panic due to coyotes, possums, and who knows what else, the dog was found in a humane cage just outside of the nearby airport. Catherine estimates that nearly 100 people in her town helped in some way, whether it be phone calls, patrols, or just asking around and helping find the dog. 100 people, all for just one little dog, soon to be named Amelia. I tell you all this because I think Florida gets a bad rap. We're mocked often for our unique stories, our elder population, our tourist traps, and our obvious electoral problems. But I think people spend so much time scoffing at the strangeness of us without taking a moment to consider that those unusual events and stories and details are what make us what we are. And to be perfectly honest, it's not like other states don't have bizarre stories. But I digress. People here are kind. We're certainly a mismatched state, that's for sure. But many people find ways to give their time to help one another, as can be seen in the stories that I just told you. The next two years are going to be hard. Our midterm elections have just passed, and we have a new governor, a new senator, and more. The presidential election will be in 2020, and it's going to be, frankly, exhausting. So much will feel like it's out of our hands, like the bigger world is out to destroy us. I offer you the biggest thing I have learned since I started writing this podcast. Florida is amazing. People surprise you with their kindness and everywhere has history, everywhere. Every city, neighborhood, road, Lake, river, county, building, all of them have history. Bursting with these memories, people who lived here and made it so that one day you can live just 60 miles from the beach, no matter where you are in the state. So, if you're unsure of Florida, if you doubt what I'm saying, Go out and look. Go to the Everglades, visit a state park, find a historic town, work with a nonprofit. volunteer. If you're unsure that Florida has the potential to be the most prosperous state in our country, you need to go see for yourself. Talk to the people in the antique shops, in the little restaurants, the tourist attractions. Be thankful for the natural gifts we have as a state and be hopeful that people will always be kind. When things are getting you down, think global act local. Or more specifically, think global, act Floridian. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, why not share with a friend? A cheerful little episode like this could show exactly what we're trying to do here. This Friday, I'll be covering hunting and its work as a conservation effort in the state of Florida. If you have any recommendations or a question for me, you can reach me at wait5minutespodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. All the music in this episode is by Lobo Loco. You can find the titles of those songs in the description below. All the research used can be found in the description as well. Thank you so much for listening. The new episode will be up this upcoming Friday. I hope you are looking forward to it because I certainly am. Thank you so much for listening. I am Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and drink more water.